This episode was so much fun. I connected with Michael through an accountability group that he actually started when I joined Full-Time Purpose, which is a course that Victor Odo and Aaron Dowdy put together. So those of you that follow spiritual accounts are probably familiar with them. And yeah, he just said he was looking for those that wanted to hold themselves accountable. And I was like, yeah, that's me. And so he's just created an incredible community within the community. And I was so impressed with him. I wanted to have him on the show. And we just dive down so many rabbit holes. We talk about breath work, psychedelics, uh, labels, identity, just so many things. And it was just an incredible conversation. I really feel like I, I made a new friend for life, which is always the best. So I hope you enjoy this episode. And here we go. Welcome to another episode of Vibe Talk Awaken. I am your host, Vibe Queen, and I'm so excited to have this week's guest, Michael Armstrong, a fellow podcaster. Before we get into our conversation, I'm just going to introduce him. He is a former tech entrepreneur who had a spiritual awakening. This sent him on a journey of self-discovery. Michael is now the host of the Deep Shift podcast, a show about the awakening of humanity and he coaches people to build their best life and awaken their inner vibrancy. I love that. Welcome to the show, Michael. How are you feeling? I'm feeling great. It's great to be here. Happy to be on. Fantastic. Yes, I'm so excited to have you here. I know we connected through Aaron Dowdy, who uh, is someone that I highly admire and uh, respect. And so something that really stood out to me about you is you formed an accountability group within the program Full-Time Purpose. And I was like, yes, that's exactly what I need. So I'm really, really grateful uh, to be connected here with you today. Every single episode, we always start with the same question. So I'm going to present it to you right now. And that is, what sparked your awakening journey? If you can share that with us. Oh, yes. That's my favorite topic. <laughs> uh, so I was, I grew up religious, uh, grew up Christian in a Christian household, non-denominational. We would just go to church every Sunday. I always had this relationship with God. Uh, I felt like, okay, it makes sense. You know, it all, it all kind of made sense to me, but there was something about it that just felt restrictive. Um, so I ended up having a lot of conversations with a lot of people. Uh, and there was one guy in particular, he was this friend of mine who was an atheist and him and I would have these discussions throughout the night. And I, I believe that conversations can awaken the planet and that words are magic, magic spells. Uh, and through this one conversation we were having this one evening, we were talking about artificial intelligence, robots, and how robots are different from human. Like essentially a human is a biological robot uh, with this, this intelligence that somehow flows through it and animates this biological robot. And I remember him saying, well, what if a robot dies like what if you just take the battery out of a robot does its soul go to heaven and like experience its afterlife and i was like well hmm. no i imagine it just turns to blackness and nothing happens it's just blank and in that moment i felt this fear like all of a sudden my belief structures were crumbling i'm like oh my gosh what if like what if nothing happens like what if when you die it's just blank forever. <laughs> How horrible would that be? And so I felt this like <laughs> immense fear, which I think is an important part of the story, this like truthful fear. And we keep talking about like the cellular structure of the human body and, and we're like zooming in. He's a super smart guy. So it's just really fun bouncing off of him. 
And at some point when we're like talking about atoms, this tunnel of light comes from the right side of me and stops right in the middle. And by the way, we're just sitting in the kitchen, hanging out, you know, like we're both kind of faced forward, like leaning against the counter, having this conversation. There's some friends nearby. We're sober, you know, we're not on like psychedelics or anything. And Mm -hmm. I travel through this tunnel of light. And once I get through, there's this being there that's kind of like a transparent, almost invisible present being who's showing me this ball of light. It's like, it looks like a sun, but it's got these water droplets of light, like looks like water droplets of light, just like dancing off of it and splashing back into it. And this being who's communicating with me like telepathically, I'm just getting these downloads says, this is the source of everything. And all these little light droplets are souls all having their own unique experience dancing around and splashing back into the source of everything. And, you know, I'm, I'm in this, my, I'm feeling my, my body starting to like tingle and feel with this, like filled with this joy. I getting all these downloads about life and death and all of this. And, then I like zoom out of this tunnel of light. I come back to the kitchen and I'm like, whoa, I don't know how long I've been gone. <laughs> feels like forever, but it was probably just a few seconds. And the craziest part about it is I look over at my friend and he looks at me with the same level of astonishment. And he goes, what was that? I was like, what do you mean? You experienced that as well? He's like, yeah, what was that? And so we both went in and out at the same time. And now I'm like, we just met God. (laughs) You know, like that was it. And and he had, you know, connotations with God and all of that. So we're like, what? What is this thing? And in that moment, I was like, was there like a presence there who was almost like surprised to see you and then like showing you around? Like, was there like this some something there? And he was like, yeah. And once we both made that known to each other, that there was another presence that was like very much there and aware that we were there, that flash came back, went back in it, this time for a shorter period of time, both of us. And we snapped out and we were like, whoa. And so that sent me on a wild journey because I had never heard of anything like that happening before. Uh, the closest thing is like in the Bible where a bush is burning and it's talking to, to someone about, you know, how humans should live. And I went on, this was 2008. Um, so like just after Facebook first came out, there wasn't much social media presence on the internet. People weren't connected like they are today. And so I went on a bunch of message boards, like every message board I could find every religion, Christianity, Hindu, uh, Hindu, Muslim, like every, everything, philosophy, um, psychedelics, you name it, typed out my story, posted it. I was like, what happened? <laughs> Cause I needed to know what happened. Like that was not normal life. And it was very real. And it was confirmed because yeah. it was someone else with me. It wasn't just like my own, you know, thing. Right. And the closest at that time, the closest, uh, description that I could find that felt right was this Buddhist uh, message board I went on and they were talking about a Satori moment, which is a brief moment of enlightenment in which the veil of reality is lifted for a very short moment. And then it comes back down and you're back in normal life. And then you have this experience to work off of and explore. So that was, that was my spiritual uh, uh, 
awakening experience. And that I launched a company based off of that, like all this, all this stuff, because I, I, I wow. thought the conversations could help the planet awaken. That's, that's intense. And what happened to your friend? So I'm curious after, what, what unfolded for him. After that, we were both like evangelical about this experience, like telling all of our friends, like, and we yeah. referred to this presence as it. And uh, because it, God was was out of the question, because you know, as a, as an atheist, it, all all that just too many too many connotations around that. But we, we referred to it as it, and it was this presence that was that was like always there. It's almost like always watching, always seeing everything permeates all of this. And the two of us went on our own own paths. Uh, he, you know, he kind of did his own thing. Um, did, I don't. He didn't really dive into the spiritual realm. He didn't explore like what was that. So I can't say for certain whether that, whether that like he's agnostic now or not atheist. You know, I can't, I, I can't speak for him, but um, mm-hmm. it was, it was absolutely life-changing for myself and a really con- wow. cool confirmation. That is much more to this than meets the eye. Yeah, that, that's, that's quite remarkable. Uh, what would you say was the biggest, I guess, shift as far as belief system, because you said that you felt your belief systems crumbling. Was there any uh, period of, I guess, resentment or depression? Or were you just kind of like, on an upward spiral of I'm going to start this company, I'm going to tell people about it, because that all sounds very positive. I know for my awakening, there was definitely a, a downward dip for a while. So I'm curious to hear what that was like for you. There might have been a downward dip, but for me, it was mostly this upward spiral of discovery and trying to figure this out. Um, the My belief systems. So I would describe myself as a spiritual being in human body. Um, I don't subscribe to any religion. I don't apply any labels like that. I, almost like limiting limiting labels. Um, because what we are is, is this, like comparing humans to the cosmos and then comparing the cosmos to this multidimensional reality that we live in. There's so much to this that applying any label is a distortion. And even saying I'm a spiritual being is a distortion of what we truly are, which is indescribable, you know, beams of light that somehow exist in this, this reality, uh, this single mind that all is here together uh, to experience separation. And in fact, I, I talked to my parents about it who are uh, still identify as Christian. And I felt like my relationship with Jesus just got even better <laughs> because all of a sudden I'm like, oh, okay. And the more I realized about Christ consciousness and spirituality and even uh, extraterrestrials and you know multidimensional beings and all of this stuff, there are so many beings out there that are coming to this planet trying to help, help out, help us ascend, help us not destroy ourselves like many civilizations have done before, that right. it all of a sudden made so much more sense who this Christ figure was and why he came. And I'm like, oh, okay, I, I get it on, on a maybe an even deeper level. Um, so my appreciation for it right. increased. Uh, but there's certainly things within the church like sexual repression and repression in general a lot of stuff that's a little bit sticky that i just don't like (laughs) i don't think it's Mm -hmm. necessary it's more to control people than um to help people deepen their spiritual practice yeah i i agree and what has your relationship been like with your parents have they been very accepting of your awakening journey and just kind of accepting the path that you're on or was there a little bit of resistance there 
They, they've been accepting. They're really awesome people. Uh, I love them. You know, it's, it's a really good relationship. Um, and they're, they're open-minded. They like to have conversations and listen. They have their own opinions and ideas, but uh, they, they are open to discussions and they're intrigued by the things that I have to say. So uh, whether they agree with everything or not, it's, it's, that's not really important. What's important is, which is good for the world right now, is we don't all have to agree with each other. We just need to listen to each other and just hear each other out. Yeah, I agree. And this is a great segue to uh, one of your TikTok videos that I found. And I was like, yes, this is why I like Michael. This is why we connected. Um, You explained a concept that I really hadn't thought about, but the way you articulated yourself, I just, it really resonated. You referred to (laughs) the political parties as energies. And I just thought that was so brilliant because I personally went through about a six month rabbit hole of, you know, good versus evil, Republican versus Democrat. You know, we, I got a, you know, I became an evangelist of just wanting to spread the truth. I'm a truther, right? Everybody's asleep. So I really went through that for about six months. And, you know, in hindsight, I'm actually very fortunate. Some people stay stuck there forever or for years. And I definitely at one point identified as a Republican. And so when you explained the Republican Party is the masculine energy and the Democratic Democratic Party is the feminine energy and like the guns is protection and the Green Deal and the social justice. And I was just like, oh my God, like I was, my mind was blown. It really was because I just learned about masculine and feminine energy about a year ago. And I was just talking about this with someone on, on Clubhouse that I met that I used to think being in your feminine energy was a sign of weakness. I was like, masculine energy, you know, I'm a go-getter, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm driven. And really, if you are too much in your masculine energy, especially as a woman, like you're overcompensating, right? So just all of these things were going through my mind. And I'm like, oh my God, no wonder, like, I, as I, I was identifying with that and just the energy and just all of this stuff. So it was just really, really beautiful the way you articulated that. And just the fact that at the end of the day, it doesn't matter which it's a, it's a matter of balancing and we're whole. So I just, I just want to thank you for that because I just never, I just never put those two things together. And that was just like a huge aha. So I would love for you to elaborate more. And how did you come to that conclusion of the energies and politics and all of that? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for that reflection. I appreciate that a lot. Um, so that, that was one of those, I got into TikTok during the pandemic. Someone's like, you got to get on. I'm like, no, it's just people dancing. And they're like, no, it's so <laughs> exactly. That's how I felt. So much more than that. And so I finally made it on and I just started, I, I was recording videos of deer in my backyard, you know, and like, getting a half a million views because they were cute. And I put Disney music to it. Wow. And I'm like, oh, there's something to this. Like I didn't even promote this video. It did it all for me. The algorithm <laughs> is totally different than all your social networks. Um, and then I started talking about energy and people really liked energy. And the cool thing about TikTok is you can just put all the videos out you want and then you can see which ones hit and then you can focus on those. Start talking about energy. And then I, like whenever I get ideas, I would just hit record. And, and that night, uh, yeah, just just download I'm like oh it's like the masculine feminine energy oh oh and then all of a sudden just unfolded and opened up and so I just hit record and I started talking about it and I so I grew up uh watching like Fox News I grew up Republican like staunch Republican and I loved it I loved the team mentality I love just like uh like Republicans they're really good at the team mentality and creating an enemy and everyone on the left was this right enemy and it felt i'm like oh yes 
Oh, I felt it. Yeah, yeah. And it feels good to be on that team and you're like, yeah, I'm safe, you know, like, oh, I'm so right. <laughs> and um, literally, literally, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, you know, after the whole, I voted for Bush twice, I was like, yeah, you know, he's, he's liberating the Middle East. I thought all, you know, all this stuff. And, um, and then all of a sudden, all the lies started to come out. All the like, oh, they lied about like everything. We, we want like the reason we went before. It was all a lie. And I'm like, wait, you know, my, that world started to crumble. And I was looking, I'm like, okay, like what I'm looking for right now is honesty. Like who's honest? And so I would just watch politicians and feel their energy. And at the time, like Ron Paul was a big like libertarian guy. And he was eh, middle-ish, you know, I think he was like pro marijuana legalization, but like conservative, you know, he had these interesting ideals and he, when he spoke, he felt honest. So I was like, like really happy about Ron Paul. And I was like putting banners up on freeway overpasses and stuff and all about him. And the, the banner <laughs> we really in it. Ron Paul is honest. Like that's it. I just want people to know that. Um, and it was during that election cycle that I saw Obama speak at the democratic, uh, uh, democratic conference, whatever it's called. And when he spoke, I felt that honesty as well. I felt, mm, there's this, there's, there's, he speaks yeah. from a, a place of heart. He speaks from his heart chakra and it felt good to me. And so I just hopped on that. And then, then I kind of, my, my, my ideology shifted over to the left, um, pretty like extreme left. I'm like one of those, I keep, I go to these extremes. Like my life is more about <laughs> finding balance in the middle. Right. I went way over there and I was like, right. I couldn't believe like where I was at. And I had this psychedelic experience with MDMA or Molly, uh, which is currently being used by John Tompkins, uh, Harvard. A bunch of the large um, hospitals are using it um, potentially to treat uh, depression, addictions, and PTSD. Um, so I did a, my own like self-administered session and where I laid down on my bed, I put on some music, a playlist just by myself. Uh, I took some, closed my eyes, and for the next like, four hours, I was just in this wild chakra opening journey. And while I was there, I wow. saw the, I, like my consciousness kind of zoomed out a bit. Um, with, with MDMA, it's, it's heart chakra opening. So like your heart chakra is open so wide that you can have conversations you don't normally have. Mm. Uh, it was originally, when it was originally developed, it was um, used as for marriage counseling and uh, like relationship counseling. Um, and so I'm lying on the bed, heart <laughs> chakra's like beaming open and I see, I feel the energy of the planet and I feel that there's the new earth and there's the old earth. And at the time I was having all these conversations. I was in my, my left phase. I was having these conversations with my right wing cousin who's also in the military. And I was like angry. I was like, peace is the only way, like blah, blah, blah. And, you know, he had been in Iraq, he had been in the Afghanistan, he had done private military all over the world in places I can't talk about. And I was kind of like mean to him <laughs> in my, in my uh, projections and, and all that. And all of a sudden I saw the energies of the planet and I saw that even though I live in like the new earth and all my friends are like spiritual, we all just are like a high vibe, you know, uh, there is still darkness in this planet. And that still exists. And the two, the two earths are like together, like they're overlapping. And what P 
people like my cousin are doing is they're helping create a protective barrier so that we can build this new planet that's that's a much higher frequency. And all of a sudden in that moment, I had such respect for the people who are putting their life on the line and who are fighting like a form of evil um, so that it creates this protective barrier for us to to build and to create and to, you know, like not worry about anything and, and just make podcasts talking about higher consciousness and high vibes. And in that moment, like my belief system went like right to the center. I was like, okay, I see that each side has something really awesome to offer. And so with that video, it was all about that. The video was when it all kind of like filed together in my mind and made sense in a way that I could speak it. Um, but it's, mm -hmm. you know, when you realize that it is the masculine feminine and what the world needs right now is <laughs> marriage counseling. Like it, it, if you imagine Democrats and Republicans, this is a relationship. I always wondered like, why, why is it split in half? Like, why do half people believe in this and half of the people believe in like, why is it almost evenly in half? Right. And it's because yeah. humans are evenly, almost evenly in half with the male and female, the masculine and feminine, and each one wants something. And what we need right now is to, is to build better relationships and to build a stronger foundation and to listen to each other and to open up and just hear each other out and address each other's concerns. Cause everyone in their own mind is coming from a place of, I want to make the world a better place. There's obviously the outliers who are just, you know, whatever, but there's the majority, they want what's best. And we have to realize that and kind of heal our relationship with each other. Right. And uh, before we even heal our relationship with each other, heal our relationship with ourselves. You know, something that really hit me uh, is that I had this realization that maybe it's easier to be angry at what's happening outside ourselves, what we see on TV, because then it distracts from the shit we have to work on within ourselves. It distracts from the marriage that's falling apart or the dishes we don't want to do or our bank account dwindling or the fact that we don't know what the fuck we're doing with our lives or, oh, oh, there's another social justice. Oh, let me go march for that or be upset about that when really... Why don't you look within? What can you fix within your own little bubble, right? I'm a big believer if we all focus on our own healing first, you know, the world can be a lot um, calmer and in a better place. So yep, just some food for thought. That's, that's something I've really been focused on because, uh, yeah, when I was really in the thick of that uh, rabbit hole uh, of trying to enlighten other people, for lack of better words, I wasn't focused on my own self-care. You know, and my own energy was completely dwindling. And it's like, you can't fight the world's evil if you don't take care of yourself. So, yeah, I really love all of the points that you, you brought up. What advice would you give to anyone that's listening that maybe intellectually understands what we're talking about, but just can't seem to snap out of that? Because you had that experience with MDMA. For me, what did it was a breathwork class. You know, I took a breathwork class mm -hmm. and literally I, my body was shaking. I was crying and it's like something switched in my brain and all I felt was love. And I just no longer identified as anything. 
I was like, none of this makes sense. This is a huge joke. There's a game being played. This is hilarious. Like we're all fighting with one another when this is silly. Just focus on your own development. And this only happened for me maybe three months ago. So this has been very rapid progression. So what advice would you give? Yeah. Breathwork is one of my favorite things. You know, if you want to experience psychedelics without psychedelics, breathwork is it. It's one of the most remarkable modalities that I've ever done. And I've had some, I mean, I've had ideas for companies download just through doing breathwork, like ideas for events I want to do, just download their breathwork. It, to oxygenate the body is such a beautiful thing. And so I definitely recommend breath work as, as something people can do. Um, but tuning into one's own intuition is really the key. Because uh, like you said, our, our inner, what, what's going on inside is going to reflect outward. You know, if, if some guy is, mm-hmm. is angry at someone and is, and is just like, you know, telling someone how bad they are, it's because he hasn't dealt with his own maybe parents telling him how bad he is and he's so hurt. And, and it's usually like the hurt then manifests to anger outward. Sometimes the emotions are like transmuted in some strange way, but working on oneself. So there's many different, many different ways that people can do it. Uh, and I've done lots of different things on my path uh, for the men out there. There is many men's organizations. One that I think is incredible is the mankind project. And uh, I did something called the new warrior training, which is talking about the new masculine, which the masculine is something we need to heal. And divine feminine is rising. You know, that the feminine energy is coming to heal the planet and to make sure we don't destroy the planet. But um, the masculine needs a part of that feminine healing is healing the masculine. Um, so some of the stuff that I did was about allowing men to embrace their emotions while also remaining a powerful man. So the masculine, one of the cool things about it is that like, just imagine that like, right. Yeah. Imagine like holding that, that again, <laughs> <laughs> this divine masculine, it, it is embracing our emotions and helping other men also embrace their emotions while also standing as a powerful man, as a powerful man. Imagine that like holding that staff and like you are at the top of the mountain and you are leading this new revolution. You're going somewhere. It may be unsafe, but you're leading the charge and you're, you're, you know, the people are following because you're, you're leading the way and it's marrying those two. And so, you know, I did this, it was like a, a weekend long workshop with some of the most powerful men I've ever witnessed. Uh, br- absolutely brilliant being, being in their inner energy because they hold that like, power where you're like Mm. wow you know like people Mm. listen when they talk and they go deep within your soul to help you feel your emotions and allow you to release that trauma so you can also be this powerful man and that was some of the deepest work i've ever done um and that was called the mankind project i don't know if they're doing it right now that they may be doing it soon because the whole pandemic and everything but uh it was in person they may have online stuff but there's like you know if you're into group work there's that I'm, I'm a huge proponent for psychedelics. Uh, there's kind of a gray area because of the legalities of it, but the world's opening up to them. You know, here where I live in Oregon, we just passed a bill for psilocybin mushrooms, the magic mushroom, which uh, will make it legal to therapeutically give people. Um, so you could essentially go to a therapist and they would give you a psychedelic session, a psilocybin mushroom session. Um, and that's something, especially once it becomes legal, people, you could 
drive to Oregon. You could fly to Oregon. You could get a, you know, a few hour long psilocybin session. And that is something that is remarkable and something I recommend doing with a guide rather than just like finding some and doing it on your own because it's powerful. It's very, very powerful. Um, And meditation, that's something a lot of people talk about, uh, but I don't know. Meditation works for some people. Some people just find it kind of boring. And I think whatever you do has to resonate with you. And if you can go within your own mind Mm -hmm. and you start to have fun exploring, then definitely do some meditation. There's, there's so many. Absolutely. And I want to talk about meditation more. Um, But before we get into the topic of meditation, I know you have a specific modality for meditation. I want to ask you about, I want to touch on the masculine feminine a little bit more because I, I guess I have an unpopular opinion to some. And during my awakening journey, I'm very vocal on social media for those that follow me on Instagram uh, and have followed me this past year, kind of saw my transition and, you know, as I kind of awakened and shared that. And I remember I went live once and I had this bold opinion of, you know, uh, masculine and feminine energy. And I remember getting so much hate for that. And, you know, I lost friends over that. They're like, oh my God, what about non-binary and they, and you know, you can't say that and you're homophobic, you're transphobic and all of these things. And I'm just like, whoa, 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 whoa. We all have masculine and feminine energy, you know? And if you have wounded masculine or feminine energy, you may be overcompensating one over the other. And I'm a big believer that there is a natural order to things And, you know, say what you want if you disagree, but that doesn't make me a hateful person. And so I said this and a lot of people disagreed with me. And I feel like there's been so much confusion out there with all of these labels, you know, including non-binary and all of these things that I know it's an unpopular opinion, but I think it's still a distraction. All of these things are a distraction from dealing with the shit that you haven't dealt with, which is really just your inner child. Whatever trauma you didn't deal with when you were little Billy or little whatever, when your parents didn't, you know, give you the love or attention that you needed, regardless of whatever label you want to slap on yourself, you want to identify as whatever you want to identify as. And so a lot of people don't agree with with that. Some people don't agree with that. But I would love to hear your opinion on that, because especially when you attended that workshop, um, it sounds like that really, really helped you. That sense of just being able to tap into your emotions, which is the feminine, but then also being able to be that powerful masculine man. And I feel like that's often what we're missing. And many a times women then are overcompensating in their masculine energy, which sometimes can help in business. But then when it comes to relationships and dating, it's like, no wonder there's all of this shit falling apart because women feel like they can't trust the man. And so because women don't feel like they can trust men, they are then more in their masculine. And then they're attracting men who have wounded feminine. And there's this unbalanced dynamic. And you just have two wounded people trying to figure out why relationships aren't working. Yeah. So I would love to hear your take on that. Um, and yeah, I would just love to hear your take because I think it's a it's a topic that's misunderstood because it has nothing to do with sexual orientation. Even if you're gay, we you still have masculine and feminine energy. It doesn't matter what the label is. And I just really wish people would be open to understanding and hearing me hearing me out because yeah, I don't know. I would so love to hear what, what is your take on it? Uh, my take is no matter what you identify as or what your actual sexual orientation is, 
you have masculine and you have feminine energy. And if you can recognize when you're in which and which is uh, wounded, for lack of better words, then that's where the healing can begin. So I'll just use myself as an example. And I was in an 11-year relationship. I was married before. And I was in my masculine energy for 90% of that relationship. And that's because I didn't trust my partner to be able to step up and lead. So I always felt like I had to uh, overcompensate. And And because I didn't have that trust, and energetically, they could feel that they weren't able to step up and be masculine, right? And so there's that push and pull, right? And so I feel that if you are confident and you're able to be in your feminine, then the masculine can rise up and there's this balance, there's this harmonious balance. So, and, and there's a misconception for women that if you're in your masculine, you're actually powerful and you're confident and you're strong. Like, oh, I'm a queen, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm tough, but actually it's a wounded masculine. And I didn't even know that, that was actually a weakness. And that was the healing I needed to do from childhood. I actually thought I was being very powerful. And because it resulted in success in my business, I didn't understand why it didn't result in success in my then marriage. I was like, shouldn't, shouldn't it be transferable? And it wasn't. And no one ever taught me that. And plus, I also didn't have spiritual awakening at the time. So it's just like this never ending like clash. And we both just didn't understand that. And so now if you also add you know, those that identify as non-binary to the mix, right? And they're like masculine and feminine energy. I don't identify as that. So then it's like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. And then if you also then add, well, I'm gay. So it's like masculine and feminine, you know? So if you add these labels to the mix, it's like, those don't matter if you just look at the core of, of the concept. So I'm like, maybe we need to call it something different. Like maybe we should color code it. Like, I'm really trying to, no, I'm serious. Like, I'm really trying to, like, figure out how can I explain this differently? Because, you know, I had a conversation with someone today and uh, I really, like, broke it down and they had such a huge aha. And they're like, wow, like, I never considered that. Like, you just really opened my eyes to why my dating life sucks and why, like, I really thought I was confident, but I I didn't recognize that this was, like, overcompensating. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, maybe this needs to be explained in a different way. I don't know. So I would, I'd love to hear your, your take on it. Yeah. You know, I think it's balanced (laughs) and I think everyone, you know, everyone is different. So, so it's like there, there are people who are gay. Uh, Let's say there's two men in a relationship. One man might prefer to embody the feminine more and one man might prefer to embody the masculine more. So it's not even what your current gender is that you need to that you need to embody. Uh, so for, I mean, you can even find relationships where it's male and female, but the female just prefers to be like dominant and the male prefers to be more receptive. Like, and if they both, if that's both their frequency and that's like what their dream world is and their fantasy, then cool. You know, they can do that and they'll probably be happy. Um, but it's like for you, like I can, I can relate with you from the other side. I have as a, a straight man, I've always, I found the feminine just to be easy. Like it just made sense to me, the feminine energy, the healing energy, the like wanting to take care of people. I didn't really understand the whole, like in high school, the, the competition between guys and like wanting to fight each other and like all this stuff. I just didn't get that. It, like went over my head. I thought it was ridiculous and dumb, but then I saw the girls who were like into that. So that just confused the heck out of me. 
And all of that, it's the wounded stuff. All like the fighting against that's the wounded, you know, but then the wounded feminine likes the guy who fights and like, you know, makes another guy bloody because all this stuff, there's so much to it. And I, I think really it comes down to uh, people's own personal preference. And, and my friend said it, I, I thought, I thought she, she's brilliant. This is brilliant. It's like two days ago. She said the feminine will blossom when she feels safe. And the masculine mm-hmm. is the energy that creates a safe environment. And he'll, he'll go around the house, whether it's metaphorically or like actually physically to like, make sure there's no robber. He'll make sure it's safe. And like, whether it's a male or female doing that, we'll make sure that that area is safe. So the feminine can feel like she can just dance and do that beautiful fluid journey. And I personally, I prefer a feminine woman. So I, when I've done a lot of this divine masculine work, have learned how to step into my divine masculine so that I can be that strong person who she can rely on. So she doesn't have to embody the masculine because I have experienced relationships where my partner would embody the masculine. Uh, I wasn't making money. You know, I was like sleeping on a couch. I was, you know, I was like... (laughs) Not like this abundant, like, I will take care of you. You know, like she was taking care of me. So right. And the funny thing is, is that I've had multiple relationships where these women, they will cut their hair short, like halfway through the relationship. They, just because. Oh my God, I did that too. <gasps> I've never made that connection. That is so crazy. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that's, that's wild. Continue, that's, please. It's like a subconscious way of rebelling in a way. Like if you want to be, it's like, it's, yeah. That is crazy right now wow you just gave me a really really hard epiphany i literally chopped all my hair off in 2012 like it was this short okay continue yeah yeah yeah. it's this way of i don't know if it's rebelling or if it's like expression like we want to express and you're going to make me embody this i'm going to embody it whether it's some subconscious or not and wow so we all just need to realize like what we want and, and, and who we want to be. And I want to be a powerful man who also embraces his emotions and helps the feminine feel safe. And I want mm-hmm. a, a feminine, sensually feminine woman who uh, also has some power to her. Maybe she even has her own company or something like that where she does have that, but she can sink into that like lovely, just um, feminine, soft feminine energy. So I love that. Yeah. And, and it's like, so beautiful. In, in terms of what's happening right now, with like non-binary, all these, all these, you know, ways to describe ourselves, she, he, all this. Uh, I had a friend I grew up with. I knew him since I was three years old. And back in the nineties, when I was growing up, you'd call everything gay. You're like, Oh, that's gay. You know, that's good. You know, and it was <laughs> like, what yeah. kids did. It was just normal. And my best friend in high school, he came out as gay. And I was like, whoa, he was like a very like kind of masculine dude. He didn't seem gay and right. not too offended. He didn't see, <laughs> now there's a way. Right, 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 right. He didn't have that like flamboyancy that he sometimes will associate with, with that. And I was like, wow, like I didn't even know that. So like, what do you, what are your thoughts on when people call things gay? And he was like, well, it actually hurts my feelings. And I was like, wow, I didn't realize that. And so that kind of blew my mind in that we do need to be sensitive to people's like 
where people are at, obviously not like make fun of them or call them derogatory names. Um, but what's most important with what's happening right now is just having that conversation, having the open communication and not getting offended. Like when people, a lot of, a lot of people have experienced suppression and repression and just all hate. They've experienced all kinds of stuff, maybe because they're transgender and they dress as a woman, but they're a man. And all of a sudden they have all this like sadness within them because the world is just mean to them. And then when someone is like on a podcast talking about how like, nah, I just don't get it. All of a sudden that sadness will turn to anger. Finally, I can channel all my sadness into like anger at this one person. And even though if they don't even deserve it, I can just right. take them down because I'm angry. Um, and so there is a lot of wounding. There's a lot of healing that is needed. And it's about having open conversations and being able to just communicate about all this stuff, not canceling each other, but, you know, just having conversations. I think we can learn a lot more through conversation than canceling. So that's why I agree. Yeah. I guess what was, uh, so I guess frustrating for me is that versus having an open mind and listening to the information that I was actually presenting the moment it, the word masculine and feminine came out of my mouth, it just immediately felt like an attack. Like, oh, wait a minute, you're attacking my belief system. So I'm just going to shut you down, right? Mm -hmm. Versus just listening to what the concept I'm presenting, and maybe there's some merit to it, right? Uh, and then immediately labeling the person as, oh, you hate all people that identify as X. And so that's really where my frustration was uh, at the time. And maybe I could have articulated myself better as well. Uh, but yeah, like, that's where I'm just like, ah, you know, and I, I consider myself to have a pretty, pretty open mind. I, I love having my mind changed. If someone can change my mind, I think that's great. That's why I love hosting a podcast is having conscious conversations. Um, you know, if we're not able to have our minds changed, and why are we having a conversation? Because then it's just a, a conversation that's aimed towards me wanting to get my point across and who can win. That's really not the point, in my opinion. My my whole purpose of having a conversation is, okay, let me hear you out. And, oh, okay, that's an interesting point of view. And you some know? people so, are quite wounded. And if, if just the mention of mas being masculine, masculine or feminine triggers them, then it's like, you know, yeah. there's not much you can do about yeah. that. But uh, that's very true. The yin and the yang. Very, very true. Masculine, feminine. You know, you can call it what you want, but that's kind of where we're at. Yeah. So I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about um, something that you, I guess, created, and that is your uh, your meditation. So uh, your mood programming meditation, to be exact. Can you explain exactly what that is, how that came to be, and what would one gain from that type of meditation? I'm very curious myself. Yeah. So, you know, I found myself, uh, I went, there's this local apothecary that opened up in town. Uh, I live in Ashland, Oregon. And really amazing, all these herbs, every, like just beautiful place, at local, locally sourced, organic. And I went and I was like, can I get some herbs for lucid dreaming or having vivid dreams? Oh, cool. And she was like, yeah, that's really interesting that you asked for that. Because literally like an hour ago, this, this group of guys came in from the university here, the Southern Oregon University, and they bought all like a ton of my lucid dreaming herbs because they wanted to make a giant batch for everyone on their dorm room floor. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, is that like a wizard school <laughs> over there? Like a Hogwarts over here. 
you know, she's like, yeah, I, know, I was drinking like Coors Light when I was in college, but uh, times have changed. <laughs> times have changed. Now we're all lucid dreaming together. <laughs> and so I, I bought these herbs and uh, I, you know, put them all together. It's like mugwort and blue lotus, uh, valerian root, uh, passion flower. And uh, that evening I had some vivid dreams and during the day, my, me and my nephew were playing Fortnite, which is a video game where you're like shooting people, you know, it's like online. Uh, and it was actually a lot of fun. And my dreams that night, my vivid dreams were me playing Fortnite. I was like shooting people. I was saving people. I was like carrying people on my shoulder. It was kind of intense. And I was like, okay, maybe I need to play less Fortnite. But it's interesting that what happened during the day was a direct reflection to my subconscious mind at night. So if I were to experience something mm -hmm. more pleasant during the day, my dreams at night might help me program and wake up in a state that's not like full of adrenaline from shooting people. <laughs> and so what I've been working on is it's called mood programming meditations because um, there's affirmations, which you can look, you can search Spotify for affirmations. And it's like, you are healthy you are loved and it's like really nice it's like quite pleasant and I, i'll listen to them while i'm taking a shower and just like it feels great but as i was listening i was like this is not affecting me emotionally like Fortnite was that was like intense and so it was my belief that if you can attach more emotion to affirmations and turn them into a meditation, you can more deeply program your own being to feel a certain high vibrational frequency. And so that's where these mood programming meditations. Yeah. Come. And this is something that I'm, I'm in the midst of it right now. Essentially it's take your typical guided meditation or take, you know, your typical affirmations, but just make them a little more dramatic. <laughs> just make them have them get, Give them a little more feeling and that's what these mood programming med meditations are um so by the time this comes out you can go to my website michaelarmstrong.com slash b which is be slash mood and you'll be able to try one for free uh and i'm very excited about these it's kind of my new project right now that i'm working on very exciting yeah. this is awesome i feel like we're on the same frequency because part of uh my program is uh, I co-create four guided meditations with my clients in their own voice because I'm a singer songwriter. So I'm just yeah. like sitting here smiling, like how, how, how do, how did we come up with the same concept? That's so funny. That's like, amazing. that's so and interesting. <laughs> I've, I've already had like your, those moon boxes that you have, like I've, uh -huh. I've, done the, the, I've done the moon thing and I've had these awesome crystal boxes. These like, I call like moon boxes or something like that. I sent out, and when I saw you were doing that too, I was like, oh my gosh, same frequency. That's so Yeah, so we're totally on the same, we're really on the are, same vibe. I love that. Really, really <laughs> awesome boxes, by the way. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, I want to talk to you a little bit more about dreaming. I was watching uh, your TikToks and you're, you're inspiring me to want to get on TikTok. I've just been like, ah, oh, I don't know oh, about TikTok, but it's you're really inspiring me. TikTok's fun. You, you had one on simulation theory. Can you explain that concept? Yeah. Simulation theory is, is kind of fun because it's a new concept because we just, if you tried to explain simulation theory to someone who lived 2000 years ago, they would have no clue what you're talking about. But now with something like the Sims 
you know, with all these video games where we're literally creating simulations, like we're, we're creating a virtual world that's replicated within uh, a digital landscape. And right now it's starting to look pretty real. And so the concept of simulation theory is that what we currently live in is a simulation in that, and Elon Musk describes this in one of his talks, you can search YouTube for Elon Musk simulation theory in that if you take technology, technology continues to advance. Like if you look at computers back in the nineties, there were these giant boxes and now there are these very thin cell phones that are like leaps and bounds more powerful than the huge boxes back in the seventies, they were the size of rooms. And so you can imagine that's not stopping. That's going to keep continuing until it's the size of, you, know, you can't even see it. It's nearly invisible. And technology is going to rapidly evolve and change, as will our simulations, as will our recreation. So essentially, the idea is that you could recreate the universe within a simulation. And if that's possible, it's more likely that we're living in something like that than we're living in what is described as base reality, which is like the first reality. Now that's kind of like a scientific approach to it, like a technological approach. So I'm not like super into the simulation theory just because the name of it sounds very like, I don't know, almost like sterile. Uh, but I think what we're living in is more like a simulation than real world. Like it's not, reality is, I've had so many reality bending experiences that uh when I've come back to this one, I'm like, wow, <laughs> I'm really happy to live in a <laughs> in a reality that is calm, that feels like no one's sitting here freaking out about the fact we're floating on a planet in the middle of who knows what, and no one knows why. <laughs> no one's scared. No people yeah. are like walking around like the store, like buying soup, and they're not worried about that. Like that's actually a really yeah. cool experience to be able to be in this reality and not have to experience yeah. that all the time um so yeah there, there's there's a lot to this there's a lot to this reality that that is um just kind of mind-boggling but simulation theory is an interesting theory and it's a way to like grasp that this is kind of like the matrix and you know we're ascending through levels of consciousness uh, mm-hmm. like the level of rock consciousness which is minerals there's plants which are alive they can die animals that are more cognitively aware, they can move around and there's humans and who are self-aware. And so now, you know, it's not the end. It's not the end of the game. And this has happened before. So there's further beyond this game that exists who are currently watching this planet and observing this beautiful garden that is earth uh, with keen eyes, because mm-hmm. having seven and a half billion people wake up at the same time is going to be a pretty extravagant experience. Oh, man, I feel like I could talk to you for hours. Um, there's one other concept I kind of just want to randomly throw out at you is what are, what are your thoughts on like parallel timelines and parallel realities? Yeah. Parallel timelines. It's a really awesome uh, perspective because essentially we have, um, if you looked at your present moment, like you and I are sitting in, in chairs we have certain timelines that go out from this. We can get up from our chair and walk outside. We can, you know, like hit the mic and it would make a loud noise. We can speak and have a conversation. So we have from the singular point, we have multiple potential timelines that we can take. They all exist, but we, our consciousness can go down a specific one in this reality. And knowing that all these different timelines exist, 
we can start to see that there are some timelines that are our main timelines and we can get into soulmates and soul connections because you're going to meet soulmates. You're going to meet these soul connections when you're on a good timeline, when you're on a timeline that you agreed to before you came to this life. And uh, what I like about timelines, I call them the branches of trees where sometimes you can go onto these like really thin branches and like, it's pretty wobbly. And I have been on those thin branches at points in my life where I just, I'm not feeling good. I'm low vibe. I'm in a depressed state. I'm just like, I, I feel cluttered, distracted, all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, like this is not my main timeline. So I then consciously sit down, meditate, I feel what, what excites me most. So if someone is not in their main timeline, what they can do is just close their eyes, keep their eyes closed until their most exciting thought appears. What's the most exciting thing I can do? Uh, obviously that doesn't encroach upon someone's free will and all that, but the most exciting thing that you can do in this next step, once you do that, sit down again, what's the most exciting thing I can do? And what this does is this starts to lift our excitement. And once our, exci our excitement's guiding us, it's a, it's a, uh, our internal guiding compass towards our main timeline. And that will help us get off these flimsy branches where we're like flying in the wind and it's just scary and terrible back onto a main solid branch where life flows, there's serendipity is happening all around. You're meeting your soul fam, you know, you're meeting soulmates and just life is beautifully unfolding around you. So yeah, it's a fun, it's a really fun thing to think about the wow. parallel timelines because you can use them and you can feel them and you can realize wow. any potentials. You just gave me another epiphany. Holy fuck. Wow. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, just a quick share before we wrap up. You know, I had a uh, I have epilepsy, even though I don't identify with that label anymore. But I, I had a seizure last week, and uh, I hadn't had one in over a year. And usually, I go into a loop of shame after I have one, because the first one I had when I was nineteen, and it was, it was not, when I was nineteen was a very traumatic year. My parents went through a divorce. A lot of things happened. So, long story short, anytime I would have a seizure, my parents would like yell at me, oh, you didn't eat enough, you didn't sleep enough, or you're stressed out, or you know, you did something to cause yourself to have a seizure, right? So I always felt a lot of shame around it or guilt. And then, you know, fast forward in my 20s, even early 30s, if I had one at work, or the ambulance would came, like, there was a lot of embarrassment and shame, like, it was just all very negative, 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 negative. So I had a seizure last Thursday, but I was in my apartment, I live alone. And uh, I was sleeping, I woke up, I felt that feeling. I couldn't breathe through the feeling, which last time I had that aura, I was able to breathe through it. And I actually had um, an experience, which you would uh, call a samadhi experience. And so I was trying to like breathe through it and I couldn't do it. And I had a seizure and I came to, I was in my bed and it was weird because I was like, huh, I just had a seizure. My arm feels really numb. I can't move. I think I may have dislocated. I'm like, okay, now I usually feel shame, guilt, embarrassment. I usually feel all of these negative. And I was like, you know what? I don't want to feel that. I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to feel that. Nice. I didn't know what to do. It was middle of the night. I'm like, who am I going to call? I live alone. I was like, no one's here to comfort me. Right. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go into a meditative state and I'm just going to tap into my heart and just, I'm going to send healing to my shoulder first and foremost, because I really can't afford to have a fucked up shoulder right now. And I'm just going to tap into love. That's all I could think of to do in the middle of the night. 
So I sat there in my bed and I'm just like, put my heart hand on my heart and I just closed my eyes and I just started focusing on, I am healed, I am healing, I am healed, I am healing. And I just kept saying that over and over and over again, focusing on love. I was crying and I just felt an immense amount of love for myself. And then I went to sleep and I woke up the next day and my shoulder felt a whole lot better. And by day two, my shoulder is completely fine. Yeah, completely fine. And this entire week, I've just been on cloud nine, feeling amazing, happy. Like, I feel like I unlocked something in my brain. I don't know what the hell's going on. And you just shared the story of like, the timeline thing and like, getting centered and like, and I'm like, Oh, my God, did I just hop timeline to my perfect timeline? Yeah, it sounds like you might have. Sometimes we have those injuries we have things that will like wake us up like okay it's time to get out of this timeline so yeah this is so crazy so crazy healing yes people can heal themselves i've healed myself from miraculous things because of just sending the energy down imagining it healing and yeah i've got stories about that but it's it's real it's really awesome yeah, well, I didn't know it was real, and I just experienced this a week ago. So it's crazy. <laughs> Good for it's you. crazy. Awesome. So I'm just like, this is nuts. Like even the workshop I taught yesterday, I wasn't going to do it. I'm like, um, oh, I don't really think I'm fully ready yet. Oh. I was just like second guessing, and then I was like, you know what, F it. I'm just going to go for it. Like, what am I? What am I waiting on? You know? And it's just been nonstop, and just meeting people nonstop, and I'm just like, this is like beautiful. Like I'm digging this. This this feels good. I love so, it. Yeah, time, I really I really love that you just shared that. So I'm glad I asked that question. But yeah, we are about to hit the top of the hour. Uh, I just want to say thank you. This has been a beautiful conversation. I definitely want to have you back on the podcast because there's still so much more I want to cover. Um, but if you can let everybody know how they can best support you when you're going to release the mood programming meditation and where they can follow you. Yeah, this has been uh, amazing. I've love this conversation and I appreciate that we met. Uh, so you can find me on Instagram at deep shift. Um, my TikTok is Michael Armstrong, four, four, four. My website is Michael Armstrong dot B and that's dot B E. And my, the website for my podcast is deep And I think that's about, that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Well, I'm really, really excited. I feel like I made a new friend. I'm very, very grateful to to continue our friendship and to get to know you better. Likewise. And, uh, yeah, everybody. Thank you for listening. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening. I hope this episode brought you value and perspective. If you are a coach yourself or aspiring to be, maybe you're a healer, tarot card reader, mystic, author, or a light worker in any sense of the word. If you are looking to get more clarity around how to launch or relaunch your spiritual-based business, perhaps you want to start your own podcast or figure out your core audience, maybe you just need accountability to get the thing done, schedule a time with me at calumly.com slash vibe queen slash map consultation and we can hop on a zoom call and see if working together makes sense i appreciate you sending you so much love and until next time